0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Friday edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Nice to have you with us on a, what is relative, in fact, not relatively, it's a really quiet sporting weekend. We've got no football, we've got no Ashes cricket, we've got no major tennis tournaments yet, we've only got two important rugby games over the weekend, so we'll get through what we can by starting off with the rugby it is the oldest rugby competition in the world the curry cup now let me give you a little bit of history about the curry cup it was a trophy that was brought across to south africa very very many many years ago by the touring team from the united kingdom in 1891 The uh, competition was first uh, played for. South African Rugby Board was founded in 1889, and they decided to use that trophy as the national competition that would involve representative teams from what was then the major unions, Western Province, Gricwiland West, Transvaal and Eastern Province. The first tournament was held in Kimberley and was won by Western Province. For a prize, they received a silver cup, which was donated by the South African Rugby Board, which is now displayed at the SA Rugby Museum in South Africa. When the British Isles came over in 1891, they were the first overseas touring team. They came with uh, their bags, boots and balls and a golden cup given to them by Sir Donald Curry. He was the owner of the Union Castle Lines, the shipping company that transported them to the southern tip of Africa. Sir Donald Curry was clear with his instructions. He said, hand the trophy over to the team in South Africa that gives the best game. And after a very spirited display, the unbeaten British Lions narrowly won three points to nil. Griqualand West became the first ever holders of the Curry Cup. They themselves then gave the trophy over to the South African rugby Board, as it was called then. It then became the floating trophy for the Curry Cup inaugural competition held in South Africa from 1892 with Western Province earning the honour of holding it aloft as the first official winners of the competition. They won't be in the final tomorrow, Will, Western Province. They are, along with the other leading team, the most number of wins, the Northern Transvaal, as we now know them as the Blue Bulls, it's going to be three states who took about a hundred and something years to win it against the Pumas. Yep, what Sir so Donald Curry will be rolling in his grave, wondering what's happened to the likes of Griquas, Western Province, and then Northern Transvaal. Now, some more statistics for you around the Curry Cup is uh, somebody who you might have seen on television if you live in South Africa for many years, Nas Buerta. Believe it or not, he is still the leading points scorer in the history of the Curry Cup competition. He played for Northern Transvaal between 1977 and 1992, 1,699 points. He was. Deadly. If any of you have never seen Nas Bota, I'm sure if you go onto YouTube or somewhere, you will be able to see pictures. He never tackled anybody. He never passed the ball, but by goodness, could he kick a rugby ball? Anyway, he's followed by Willem Deval, who scored 1,412 points. Eric Herbert, 1,402. DeVet Russ, who of course, along with Andre Juba Jubae, 1,210 for Devet Russ, big player for free state and Natal and André Gébert, same, uh, also 1,165 points, also uh, played. Karl Duplessis, incidentally, in 1989, scored a last gasp try as Western Province managed to draw the match against then the Northern Transvaal. So, as far as uh, the most number of games concern, Helchart Müller, also from Free State, 142, Rudy Fasaki, Fleiss Fasaki. 141 games. Chris Badenost, 136. All three of them free state players. Berger Heldenes of the Bulls, 128. And Andre Joubert played 126 games. As I say, words of the most number of points. John Daniels, the most number of tries. 74 from Brayton Pulse, 66. Chris Badenost, 65. And uh, amazing. As far as the teams are concerned, Johan Hennis, you might remember that name, he scored 268 points for Northern Transvaal in 1989. And Carl Duplessis of Western Province scored 19 tries in that same year. Colin Lloyd of the Leopards scored 19 tries in 2006. The most team points in a season... Well, that was the Sharks in 1996, 792 the most team tries. Also, the Sharks that year, 112. Yanni De Beer scored the most points in a match, 46. The most tries in a match, Jacques Olufier. And uh, the most final appearances, Berger Gelderbeis and Narspoort made 11 appearances in the final of the Curry Cup. So that is tomorrow the curry cup what a game of rugby it's going to be and if you were a supporter and you were out of this country or wherever for a couple of years you would think something's wrong <laughs> when i tell you that it's the cheaters against the pumas in the curry cup final that's what we face in Bloemfontein tomorrow it is two teams that definitely deserve to be there last weekend. The Pumas went away from home and they beat the Sharks, their biggest strength, their never-say-die attitude. They defended incredibly well and they scrambled and grappled for loose balls. They, of course, were the winners over the Sharks in Durban. And the other game, the Cheetahs were so dominant in their victory against the Bulls last weekend, thanks to... The evergreen, 39-year-old, nearly 40-year-old, who signed another one-year contract to play for the Cheetahs, and that, of course, is Ruan Pino. And I I mentioned uh, on one of the other radio shows that I did uh, during the course of the week. Why on earth the Springbok selectors overlooked him and went for Elton Yankees? I mean, come on, guys. He might be 39. You only need him for 20 or 20. He can play scrum off. He can play fly off. He can play fullback. He can play center. He can even play on the wing. Here you're bringing Elton Yankees, who, with the greatest respect, has just been a problem child, hasn't he, over all the years. So anyway, I hope, I hope, I really hope that tomorrow we'll see a full Free State Stadium, It's going to be cold. Of that, I can promise you. It's not going to rain. It hardly ever rains in winter in the free state. But it's going to be a game of attrition. I think it's going to be closer than many people think. I do think the home side is going 4 o'clock kickoff tomorrow afternoon. The Cheetahs against the Pumas in the Curry Cup final. That's the big game of the afternoon. But earlier in the day, a competition that we here in South Africa perhaps have overlooked since we're not playing it anymore. The Super Rugby competition and the Chiefs take on the Crusaders tomorrow morning at five minutes past nine at the uh, FMG Stadium in Waikato. Of course, that Waikato Stadium so famous for the flower bombing of the Springbok rugby team, the Spectators during that 1981 tour of new zealand which incidentally nas burta whom i was just speaking about now was on that tour albeit captain by vader class and first springbok and i think still the only springbok to be dropped for an opening test match on a tour even though we don't go around the world now and play um in those days your captain was always going to be on the field my captain my captain so The Chiefs against the Crusaders. And then the other rugby, big rugby of the weekend, starting tomorrow, uh, right here in the Western Cape, is the Under-20 Rugby World Cup. And the Junior Springboks in action in the last game of the day. But let's have a look at the other games tomorrow. Argentina take on Italy. That's the opening game at 11. At half past one, England play Ireland. Then at two o'clock, France play Japan. Then Wales play New Zealand at four. Australia play Fiji at half past four. And the Junior Box take on Georgia at 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. So if you're a rugby fan, I guess you don't have a problem with regards to the weekend sporting activities. Get up nice and early, have a nice uh, fried egg and toast for breakfast or some porridge. And by 9 o'clock, be in front of your TV and you won't need to get away from the TV until 9 o'clock in the evening. You might just struggle a little bit around 4 o'clock to decide whether you want to watch Wales play New Zealand in the under-20s. Now, go on, you've got to watch the Curry Cup final, particularly if you are in, in South Africa. So that is the rugby for the weekend. The golf will continue this weekend as well, the DP World Tour. Some early scores for you. Rasmus Niergaard-Peterson is the current leader after shooting a 67 today. He's 136. That's at the Munich Golf Club in the uh, DP World Tour being played in Munich. Darius van Drill is just behind him. Marcus Marcel Schneider also in the hunt there as well. In the uh, other golf tournament, uh, well, there's a couple of golf tournaments going on at the moment, but uh, on the USPGA Tour, it's the Travelers' Championship. Denny McCarthy goes into tonight's second round after shooting a magnificent 10 under bar. 60 keegan Bradley was the early leader in the clubhouse thinking that his day was done after shooting eight under 62 but he was surpassed by mccarthy adam scott also shot eight under 62 but the uh, story of the day and I, i really cannot believe that this is actually true i mean it is not a hearsay he's played since 2007 He's won four major championships and for 122 weeks was at number one in the official world golf ranking. But before last night's round, Rory McIlroy had never struck a hole in one at an official PGA Tour event. That changed for him when he aced the par 3 eighth during the first round of the Travelers Championship. He stepped up to the tee box 214 yards at the TPC River Highlands, he's 5 iron, he hit the ball into the meat of the green one hop boom straight down the green into the 34 year old through both his hands in the air before high-fiving with his caddy and playing partners Tom Kim of South Korea and Victor Hovland of Norway well done Rory McIlroy After all that time, eventually, he can't say you've got the monkey off your back. I mean, he's won some amazing tournaments, majors, etc., etc. So, great performance by him. And the other event that's currently on at the moment, and once again, another of our guests on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. We pick them, we get them, and they perform. At the moment, Leanne Pace whom we spoke to a couple of weeks ago, leads the PGA. That's the women's PGA. That's currently being paid at the Boltus Roll lower golf course. Fantastic for her. She is currently the leader in the clubhouse after the first round, going into the second round later on this evening. So our very own Leanne Pace is up there. As I say, we've spoken to her as well. And uh, we, of course, Ashley Puhai, who's also won a whole lot of tournaments. Uh, and she continues in Baltus in Springfield, New Jersey. That's exactly where that is. As I say, that is where it has been played at the moment. So that is great news for her. As far as the tennis is concerned, well, I've been ever critical this week of Venus Williams. I kind of like, I'm one of those guys that goes, you know what, when you have an incredible career like she did. Seven major championships, five times Wimbledon champion. At 42 years old, give it up, girl, give it up. But no, not only has she not given it up, well, she has been quite comprehensively beaten in the last couple of matches that she's played, but she's been given a wild card into the All England Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club Tournament, otherwise known as Wimbledon. Yep, that's going on at the moment. So there are a couple of uh, tournaments going on right now. In Rothesay, that's the Eastbourne women's tournament um, that is currently underway as well. Quarterfinal stage today, semis tomorrow, final on Sunday. The Veneto Open is on. The Bet One Echotrons Group women's singles tournament is into the uh, last 16. The Men's Sync Championship uh, is on as well. And, of course, Queen's Club. So lots of tennis going on. At the moment, as we build up to, as I say, that magnificent tournament, Wimbledon. At the weekend, there's also action on the Grand Prix motorbike circuit. It's the Dutch Grand Prix this Sunday at the TT Circuit in Assen. That should be a fantastic race indeed. Brad Binder, of course, last weekend, from a South African point of view, crashed out. Looked like he was a little bit concussed when he came out off the race but he was sent to the medical center for assessment. And then, of course, there's quite a bit of cricket going on this weekend. If you are into the crickets currently going on, the ICC World Cup qualifiers, uh, let's have a look at uh, the uh, action for you uh, tomorrow. Uh, There is uh, some action going on with Zimbabwe against the West Indies tomorrow. That is a massive, massive game. Uh, two sides that regularly have qualified for the World Cup but haven't had to go through these qualifying competitions like they're in at the moment. And then the Netherlands and Nepal also play tomorrow. On Sunday, Sri Lanka play Ireland and Scotland play Oman. How are the tables looking at the moment? Well, that West Indies zimbabwe clash is massive in Group A because they've both played two matches and they've both won their two matches. It's only net run rate that sees. The West Indies ahead of Zimbabwe, with the Netherlands, Nepal in third and fourth place, and the United States, who are not the best cricketing nation in the world. Let's be honest, they've played three and they do win a game. In Group B, you would expect Sri Lanka to be the top dog there, but you would not have expected Oman to be in second place in Group B. Scotland third and Ireland, who've played test match cricket, they are in fourth place. And they have not won a game yet. They've played two and lost all two. And then, of course, the top three in each group go through to the Super Sixers competition. Each one will get a chance to play each other in the Super Sixers competition. So uh, great stuff there. And then the other big uh, event that is currently on at the moment uh, is the um, Ashes Tour. Not the men. It is the Women's Ashes, that's Australia and England. They are battling it out, and we'll go into day three and day four of that competition over the next uh, couple of days, and uh, it should be uh, very competitive indeed. Other stuff uh, that has happened over the last uh, couple of hours that uh, you might be interested in as we build up to The sporting weekend is the championship side. Swansea have appointed Barnsley's Michael Duff as their new manager last night. He replaces Russell Martin at the Liberty Stadium after Martin moved to fellow second-tier club Southampton earlier in the day. So that's going on at the moment. There's lots of transfer action. I think a lot more of the transfer uh, will start taking place at the end of June because – A lot of the uh, contracts expire at the end of June and then there's a couple of players that will be up and about. But in the meantime, there has been some movement. Declan Rice, he has moved. Mason Mount and Kai Havertz. Uh, Havertz is having a medical at Arsenal. Declan Rice's talks continue. Man City are looking for a bid to Rice to Arsenal. He says he's keen, is Rice. Now Manchester United are willing to walk away. If their third bid for Mason Mount is not accepted, Eric and Harkside are not prepared to pay the £70 million for a player with only one year left on his contract. The Ghanaian international goalkeeper, Jojo Wallaput, has joined Hibernian from Charlton Athletic for an undisclosed fee. Um, and Bournemouth are on talks of completing Justin Klyvert's move, five-year deal there, that's interesting indeed. Aston Villa captain John McGinn has signed a new long-term contract and Emmanuel Dennis is highly likely to leave Nottingham Forest. Forest are yet to receive an official offer for the striker, but both the club and the player are open to discussions. Two Fulham interesting uh, bits of news. Marco Silva is wanted by the Saudi Pro League Al-Hilal. They're targeting the Fulham manager and they also reported uh, that Fulham are serious contenders in the race for Southampton skipper jabin's award prowls that would be a huge deal for them that is your sporting weekend ahead in a nutshell on tonight's edition of from the boardroom to the locker room whatever it might be that you're up to this weekend do it the sportsman like way and as always be nice to each other until next time bye for now